Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach, which means I've dedicated my entire life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the extraordinary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be alongside to help you be the best version that you can be. I'm psyched that you're here, so let's get to it. Hey, what's going on? It's Johnny King with another episode of The Johnny King Show. And on this particular episode, we're going mobile. And by mobile, I mean we're currently driving down the road going 70 miles an hour. I'm here with my special guest, Mr. James Kircher. And uh, what's up, James? What's up? How you doing? We are doing a little podcast action here. Uh, and this is after we spent a couple days out in the wild hunting... Uh, antelope, or what they call here, uh, pronghorns or speedy goats, right? They're fast. And, uh, we were hugely successful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, not so much. Uh, successful on what not to do. Yeah, that's okay. Um, it was, today is the last day of the, of the last season for hunting what we call antelope. Um, they are cool-looking animals, uh, but today I wanted to dive into the art of hunting. Because I met, how, do, how did we meet? Uh, we met when we connected after, I think both of us were on uh, the podcast. The podcast, yeah. That, that podcast, remember that podcast? 127 Fit podcast. 127-fit podcast. We were both on that podcast. Uh, that's right, and we connected through that. You came to a meeting of men or two, didn't you? Right. You uh, brought me a lot of amazing meat that you have harvested. Wild game meat. Wild yep. game meat. Yep. Um, why'd you smile when I said that? <laughs> he brought me. He Just brought me. He brought me. Yeah. He yeah brought me a lot of meat. And the other day, actually, um, James is one of my buddies, but also a, a current client. I told him to make sure that he touched his business every day. He's got to touch the business at least once a day. Oh, look, as we're driving, we're driving by roughly, what, 200 antelope? Just just eating, chilling, and we had the hardest time finding them where we were. That's really that's really sweet. It's good to know that God has a sense of humor. Um, are, they're in the middle of a field that guys are goose hunting in, and they don't seem to give one lick that those guys are out there goose hunting. See, that, that's a really great segue. So besides talking about touching your business every single day, <laughs> which, uh, which let's, let's talk about that real quick, and that'll be a good segue into the, the art of hunting. But uh, what, what's your business, James? I mean, the, the business of, like, entrepreneurship. Yeah, so my, my business is helping hunters and dads get fit so that they can be more successful when they come come out to Colorado, Utah, these um, western states to do big game hunting, elk, deer, antelope, uh, moose, you name it. Uh, Make sure that you can um, enjoy your hunt, hunt longer, hunt harder, so that you can have more fun when you're in the mountains and not trying to... uh, 
suck wind the whole time while you're up in the high altitude. So you can have the, the most oppor- the most opportunities for success. So there you go. So, I mean, you're going to suck wind regardless. <laughs> if you're coming, even if you're, the locals do. Yeah, even the locals do. If you're coming from lower altitude, uh, sea level, then, then you're going to suck wind. But it becomes a major issue, a health issue, in my humble opinion as well. Because um, I've had friends and family who have come to, to Denver and up into Breckenridge and surrounding mountain towns, and they've gotten, um, they've gotten altitude sickness. Um, and so I think that's it's it's pretty awesome because again if if you want to get the most out of your hunting experience, especially if you're going to higher elevations, um, you need someone who is very very knowledgeable, has a huge amount of experience, uh, walks the talk, and James does that. So today we're going to talk about the uh, the art of hunting because he's teaching that to me. <laughs> Maybe not so much this weekend. No, I really I did really learn a lot. Um, but he tell a little bit more about your just your background of your hunting experience and how you grew up and yeah uh, yeah I've been hunting I guess over 20 years now which is crazy to think about but um, grew up with a, a family um, who, who they hunted my dad hunted my grandpa hunted and it was something that just was uh, passed along to me and I've been hunting since I was able to basically hold a gun. Um, you name it, I've done dove, pheasant, quail, geese, duck, you know, all the, the upland, all the waterfowl, and then um, elk, deer, antelope. I've been on a moose hunt, um, helped my dad on a moose hunt. I wasn't hunting, but helped him. Um, bear. So I've just been um, been hunting for as, as long as I can remember. It's, it's something that's pa- been passed on to me, and um, it's definitely evolved over the last um, five to ten years. And um, I'm, a, I'm a dad now myself, so five years ago I had my first son. And it's just kind of changed my perspective on uh, what it means to be a, a hunter and, and what are the reasons for hunting and, and why we hunt and what it means to take the life of another animal so that our family can, you know, eat clean and eat healthy. And it, there's, there's more to hunting than just shooting an animal. So having that respect for the wildlife, having the respect for the animal, the, the environment, um, there's, a, there's a lot more to it than just uh, shooting a gun or, or flinging an arrow. So your hunting, your particular hunting experience has evolved over the last five years not just hunting in general both for sure both both have definitely changed over how has yeah how has hunting actually evolved just technology or in what ways um technology and i mean and rifles and scopes and bows and um you know gear and uh, accessibility to you know land to go hunt um you know we we This trip that we went on for antelope, um, I've had permission for a long time on private land in eastern Colorado to to hunt antelope. And there were no antelope on it this time, so we had to drive around and knock on doors and call people and, and try to get permission to to hunt on these lands where we were finding antelope, and it proved to be difficult. And um, you know, the, 
there's just seems like there's less and less opportunities for public land for for folks to hunt on um, interesting uh yeah so i found i found that too and i, I think we mentioned this you know off recording today or yesterday that I, just, I was realizing that it seems to me if you if you can't find so if so if let me step take a step back if you're new to hunting and i don't even fully understand the process because i'm relatively new to hunting too but essentially you get a uh, a tag for whatever you want to shoot right essentially you get a tag or a, a permit yep you have to buy a tag for the um species of animal that you are attempting to hunt and that's the very 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 basic terms that's that's what you're doing yep and you right. can you cannot hunt it unless you have one of those tags okay so you you know and you can't always get tags you can't just always get whatever you want they uh you know, they, they keep an idea of the population of different species and they will only give out a certain amount of tags, correct? Yeah, and you got to apply with, apply for the um, the species, at least, in, you know, here in Colorado. So if you want to hunt elk, you have to apply for an, an elk tag in specific areas. The whole state's divided up into different sections. Um, so there you go. like a lottery system. Yeah. So the, the lottery allows you to get tags for certain areas, and if you get into certain areas, which we did <laughs> then you also at least with pronghorn um maybe not so much elk but pronghorn you have to then you're, you're on people's land like it's more like agricultural land right um big fields that are farmed and if you haven't talked to the owners of the land you could be you know prosecuted for trespassing um and so that's where I found the bottleneck was for us. Was like, okay, we, we couldn't find any on the lands that James had already gone out of his way to, to get permission. So then we have to jump on his phone, use an app to find out who the landowners are, then search Google, see if we can find a, a number, track them down, or just go door knock, see if we can talk to uh, you know landowners. And probably more of them said no than said yes. Or they had other people already on you know property. They had it's not that they were like unkind they just you know it's a lot of hunters out there so there's that whole part of it which is the relationship side of <laughs> nurturing an area over years right and getting to know certain people i mean you knew that area pretty well because you've been going there for how long well, we've been going out there for six to seven years okay. yeah and you know a lot of the people we know a fair fair number of uh, folks out there yep so I think that's that's pretty cool how you know you've you've had to obviously nurture some of those relationships and although maybe they're not like you're not like hanging out over the holidays together, <laughs> right? They they may know you and then say cool yeah you can come, um, but if you can't find antelope then you gotta we gotta look for other ways to to get out of our little known area to see what we can find. So that's the case at least with the the pronghorns. Um, but what what is it about hunting specifically that you feel like has had uh, since you were a little guy and your dad teaching you and his dad teaching him before him and now you're teaching your your two boys uh, or, or will be as they continue to get older um, what is it about kind of the development of of you and of your kids as you know, soon to be leaders of the next generation. Why is hunting important to you in your life? Um, it's a, 
it's a hard hard question to really put into words but um there's like a there's a draw a a force from a des- hey, I don't know how to describe it. There's a draw to, to nature to be, you know, out in wilderness, um, being the prey, if you will, trying to stalk and pursue these these animals, and it it um, I don't know. It's, it's fun. It's exciting, it's intimidating at times, it's frustrating, it's, it's you know, in a, in a matter of two hours you can feel about every emotion going from completely drained and, and um, frustrated and ready to, you know, say, forget this, I hate hunting, I never want to do it again, to a matter of seconds you find, find an animal and you start pursuit of it and all of a sudden everything changes in, the, in a matter of seconds but you know to to be out in nature and to see things that most people don't even know exist or or recognize and you know the mountains have their own special appeal but so does so does the eastern plains and you know the woods of you know the midwest and there's so much to nature and what um, what it does for you and your soul and your body and energizes you and yeah I'm rambling now but it's um, it's awesome to, to just be out in nature and wanting to pursue an, uh, an animal and you know when you are successful, having it provide its life to you so that you can feed your family and nurture it, your family and, and the nutrient. Now I'm rambling. Um, give them the nutrients to, to live a happy and healthy lifestyle. And there's no um, more organic meat in the world than, you know, wild wild game it's super lean it's super healthy it's got no chemicals in it um and it and it tastes good if you prepare it right so there's there's that draw i guess for me to just reconnect with with nature and and realizing you know um i can't remember the exact quote from john muir but you know um and this was written um, in the early 1900s, but, you know, realizing that going out in nature and being among the animals is going home. It's what our, our it's what our, what we were, we've been doing for generations. It's, it's in our blood. It's in our nature to, to be hunters. It's how we've evolved over time. See, I think that's something that people uh, disregard because because we're so disassociated to it for most of us. It's like, yeah. no, that's just, you know, that's just a cop-out or that's just a story that we tell ourselves because it's cruel and we don't need to to be out there in nature. And, you know, it, we're only a couple of generations removed from that, really, when you look at it. 
um, from having to go out and actually provide, <laughs> you know, animal and everything else um, sustenance for, for keeping your family alive and healthy. But I experienced that too um, in my in terms of just a couple of hunts that I've done. It really has connected me to uh, a feeling of like, oh my gosh, like a like a a, a primal wiring that is like. It would, and not only is it very, very interesting for me to connect with what I felt like I was actually doing when I was a little boy out in the woods by myself that I kind of forgot uh, was very it was laying dormant. But it also gives me so much gratitude for the fact that we don't have to do that every yeah. single, you know, couple of weeks or what whatnot to to quote unquote bring home the bacon, no pun intended, to be able to to keep our families alive. You know. Yeah. And it's it's great. I mean, yeah, you can go to the grocery store and you can get, you know, whatever kind of, you know, uh, mass-produced meat that you want, you know, whether it's hamburger or bison or turkey or what have you. And you can even, you know, go even, like, local to a local butcher and, and get these, these meats, you know, organic and grass-fed and, and what have you. But do you know what ranch that was raised on and do you know what um you know there's a lot of rules and regulations for where animals have to get processed at and and do you know where any of those are when you go to the grocery store none of it's on any of the food labels but i can tell you almost you know i got an elk in my freezer right now from earlier this year and i can pinpoint exactly where you know i shot it and where it it deceased and I can tell you that with most every game that I've ever shot and I can tell you what it was eating and what it was doing with its life at that time. And that's something I know I take great pride in and knowing where my, my food came from. And what's, uh, you know, in, in movies and, and obviously cause it's a depiction of past, uh, rituals and other cultures but a lot of times especially you know that i've seen in movies about the native americans they have some form of you know uh quick little ceremony in giving gratitude for the life that was just taken for so that can provide life to to those of us that are you know eating the animal do, do you have you ever practiced any of that do you think about that do you talk about that with your kids or do you plan on that or was that taught to you at all you know, it was something that was not taught to me, but it's something over the, like the last 10 years that I've, I've started doing. So every, you know, everything that I shoot and, and dies, I, you know, as I'm, you know, getting ready to perform, you know, butchering of the, of the animal, I, I, you know, I'm not an overly um, religious person, but I, I, I'm very spiritual and I, I give, you know, say a little a prayer, if you will, of thanks and gratitude to that animal for giving its life for, um, you know, giving its life to, to feed my family and myself. And it's something I don't think people, and maybe, the, you know, most of these listeners, I mean, I'm getting choked up. Like, I am a hunter and I've killed many of of game and it's the least favorite part of hunting is killing an animal i love animals but i also am a meat eater and i 
you know? So it, it requires me to, to, to kill these animals. But, you know, I, I like to give my, my gratitude and my thanks to these these beings, if you will. They're spirits. They're, thank you for, for providing for my family. But pulling the trigger and killing another living animal is the least fun part of hunting. What about it actually gets you choked up? Um, it's, you know, it, it's dead. It no longer gets to breathe. It no longer gets to eat. It no longer gets to be alive. And it's, you know, when you, you sometimes, I mean, you have to think about that when you're, when you're a hunter, um, you know, I think Hollywood has done a really shitty job, pardon my language, of depicting on what hunters really are. I'd like to think over the last 10 years we've we've come together better as a community of like of what an ethical hunter is and and realizing like we're not just in it to to kill. There's bigger reasons why we're hunting, you know, to 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 provide for our family and realize that that killing the animal is the hardest part um steve ranella the the meat eater i don't if you go on netflix he's the the meat eater host and and hunter and he does a great job of um he was on a um a podcast or a, a show the other day and and you know he who's hunted probably 10 times more than I have, he still gets a little choked up every time he, he kills an animal. Like it's, it's tough. It's not, it's not easy. And, and what, what, I guess back to your question, what is it about it? It's, it no longer gets to live its life, but you know, it goes on to the next, you know, if you leave in the circle of life, the next iteration of life, but it's dead now and doesn't get to live anymore. And it's, so I guess that's what gets me choked up. Long story short, yeah, and I think it's 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 the part that makes us human yeah. that I appreciate because um, there are those those men, if not uh, women, though I don't know too many of them, but I I do know of a, a few different men um, who have like lion heads in their in their house, you know, and they've just gone out to kill big game just to you know to boost up their ego. Um, without any real desire to <laughs> eat the meat. Uh, it's just more for ego. And I, I think even when we were out, uh, was it today or yesterday? I forget. But we saw a bunch, we saw, you know, three, four, five different coyotes. Um, and typically, you don't even need a, you don't even a tag, do you? Or they just kind of like, you do need, you do need a tag, yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where, you know, but I don't know. There's certain there's certain animals that I just have a I think because they're closer to being dogs that I that would be harder to kill. But if it meant feeding my family, I'd do what I'd have to do. Right. Right. So you're talking like yeah, we saw some some coyotes, and you, we had an opportunity to shoot them, and I asked you if you wanted to, and you said no. And, and similar with me, like I I just don't have a desire to shoot something I don't plan on eating. And, you know, some, some hunters will say, well, you know, coyotes, they eat the deer, they eat antelope, and, and, you know, so you should shoot them, but it's just, it's not my thing. 
if I don't plan on eating it, I don't want to shoot it. Yeah, I think that's that's my thing too. And it was interesting though to to have you ask me and have me really think like, okay, that'd be like the there's one part of it of the thrill of the chase, right? Which is part of just <laughs> being a guy. But then my other thought goes like, but what would I do with it once I'd kill it? You know, you take something that is out doing its thing and part of the balance of the ecosystem. Um, and to kill it, I think that would be more doing a disservice to the, the whole system than not. But I, And I feel like that is why, though, hunting is so important because we've actually killed off so many of the, the natural predators. Um, and I remember seeing what in this very last election of 2020 on the Colorado ballot was reintroducing wolves back into the back into the cut back into the state which i didn't know much about but do you know anything about that and is that a good idea or do you think that's a bad idea i i'm just gonna say it was a bad idea and i'm not gonna go into it because we could spend a whole podcast on just that but ultimately like wolves aren't bad don't get me wrong uh they're needed for the ecosystem but um in my humble opinion colorado has done a really bad job of um, managing the wildlife that we already have and reintroducing some wolves back into the the, uh, the ecosystem in Colorado is just um, resources away from the game that's already here that needs to be managed better as is. So I'll leave it at that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, and maybe they're thinking that the wolves would make up for maybe some of their that's probably not what their thought is is making up for some of their mismanagement but it is a big task and that's why if you if you disrupt the the ecosystem and the balance of everything and take away some of the apex predators i mean we are the apex predator right and for elk and everything else there's there isn't anything else is there I mean, what else hunts elk okay. coyotes cougars mountain lions yeah but even i would Bears. imagine that yeah like the the amount of those that would be successfully killing elk would be just taking down the young or the sick, right? Correct. And the populations would be booming, which would then have another massive impact on the the ecosystems in Colorado and every other state. So, you know, I think they do. You know, they do what they do um, to to give away, not to give away, to allow a certain amount of tags, if you will, um, so that hunters can kind of what do you call it uh, uh, what the population what's the word come on come on come with me come know, on I don't know what you're going with uh, thin out the population there to, it is to better manage the population yeah there you go better yeah. manage it yeah so I think there's uh, there's a reason to it but I, I don't I'm not a big uh, fan of killing for no no reason right um and so there is, like I've talked about in past episodes, there's um, there's typically a science <laughs> and an art to everything, right? So there's a science to hunting, and you can go about getting the right equipment and finding the right area and checking in the weather. And but then what we're talking about more about the art is kind of the emotional side of it. Why why does James enjoy it? Why do hunters enjoy it? Why is it important to give to honor the you know those that we actually do kill and, and, you know, process and take home to, to eat. Um, cause it is, 
it is different than how we've lived in past generations that we're no longer really accustomed to going out and killing our own food and having to grow it in the soil and and harvest it but um it's pretty cool and i appreciate your your love for hunting which is why i'm out here with you and and but it's also your love for your wife and your love for your children your love for your country and just love for your family your extended family and fitness and all the things that make you you it's part of your craft it's in my blood it's in his blood um, if anyone wanted to connect with you and maybe learn more about your services, your programs, and helping helping people get in shape so they can actually get the most out of their their hunt and out of their life, for that matter, where where can they get in touch with you? Um, Facebook, uh, James Kircher, K I R C H E R, or Instagram. James underscore the fun dad. Just like that. Send me a send me a message. Send him a DM. Slide into his DM. James underscore the fun dad. He is a fun dad. We I went over there for dinner a couple I guess a couple months ago. A couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. And um, we just pretty much got manhandled by his two boys in, in the in the in the side yard. Which was fun. Just they were just taking bats and well, we 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 gave them a little bit of punishment too with some bouncy balls, but uh, it was fun. Anyways, thanks for uh, joining me. Thanks for driving. Uh, thanks for uh, <laughs> being my my Yoda, my sensei in this uh, next hunting experience of mine. I had a great time, even though we came up empty-handed. I actually learned a lot and. Uh, I'm I'm excited to keep going with you. And the next next hunt will be what turkey maybe? Uh, probably yeah, turkey in the spring. Yeah. What's the other seasons? Like there's turkey in the spring. Well, there's there's waterfowl for another couple weeks, and then there's a break, and then uh, early March is another waterfowl season, and then in May, uh, April May there's a uh, turkey. Yep. And then elk is there in the fall. September. September. Starts. September, uh, October, November. Yep. Yeah. There you go. So if you ever want to uh, get into hunting and you need a guide and you need someone to help you get there, put all the pieces together, reach out to James. He's your man. He's my man for that. So awesome, you guys. Thanks for listening. Until we meet again, have an amazing rest of your day. We'll talk soon. Take care. And I want to thank you so much for listening to The Johnny King Show. And hey, if you got something positive from this episode, please subscribe to the show, share it on your favorite social platform, and then tag me in it so I can say hi. It would also mean the world to me if you wrote a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Do you feel like there's something I could be doing better? Awesome. I totally thrive on constructive feedback, and it's always welcome. So if you've got questions or concerns, you can always reach me via email at podcast at johnnyking.com. And then please follow me on Instagram at johnnyking, facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach on my YouTube channel and LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been amazing. And we'll catch up with you next time. Take care.